Welcome to the Daily Dose, where we are currently walking through an overview of the entire Bible. Join us today as we learn the story of Scripture and see God's redemptive plan through Christ from cover to cover. Let's listen to Matt Reister, Director of Christian Crusaders and the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Today we're going to be in John chapter 6, verses 16 through 21. This is John's account of Jesus walking on water. And before I use it to chip away at professing Christians who think there are contradictions in the Bible, let me take a second to thank the Family Leader for being our Daily Dose Devotion sponsor in 2023. You can learn more about the Family Leader in the announcements at the end of this devotion. And as always, thank you to the Family Leader for their support. So this is the the third account of Jesus walking on water. The first one is in Matthew 14, 22 through 33. We did a devotion on that text in episode 520. The second one is in Mark chapter 6, verses 45 through 52. We did a devotion on that one in episode 609. And here we are in John 6, 16 through 21. In the book of Luke, Luke doesn't include anything in his gospel about Jesus walking on water. So we're just dealing with three accounts here. And these accounts have been the subject of much conversation regarding the reliability, the inerrancy of Scripture. Are there contradictions? Are there inconsistencies? How do we make this all work? Well, in reading and studying about this today, I came across a blog that's called The Amateur Exegete, and this guy is definitely an amateur. Here is the conclusion of his analysis of the Matthew, Mark, and John accounts of Jesus walking on water. He says, It is clear that these are not stories intended to be read as complementary to one another. They can't be. But what it does teach us is that the gospel writers were not giving us literal history. Rather, they were painting their own portraits of Jesus. If the details of their version contradicted previous versions, who cared? They were intended to address the community of which they were a part, not anyone else's. And that should only bother the inerrantists. So this guy, the amateur exegete, says that there are contradictions between the accounts. They're irreconcilable contradictions, and that shouldn't bother us. This inspired me in today's devotion to take the opportunity to tell you and our audience that I believe, and many credible scholars believe, that while there are differences between the accounts, and there always are across the Gospels, none of these differences are inconsistent or contradictory. For example, Matthew's account is the only account that refers to Peter also stepping out and walking on water briefly before he loses faith and Jesus has to reach down and rescue him. That's not included in Mark or John. One of the accounts says they headed out toward Bethsaida. John says they headed to Capernaum. And while those two towns are generally in the same direction from where they started, which was near the site where Jesus fed the 5,000, they aren't in exactly the same direction. So at first glance, this could look like a contradiction. And there are a few explanations for why it's not. The most convincing to me is that there was a storm on the sea and they could have headed out toward Bethsaida, but got wind blown to Capernaum. Another allegation against this text by people who don't believe that scripture is inerrant is the fact that John's account is so much shorter than Matthew's and Mark's. I mean, this is a pretty big deal. Jesus walked on water. Wouldn't John give something like this more attention than he does? Well, let me read a verse from John 21, verse 25, that helps give some clarity to this question. John writes, Now there are also many other things that Jesus did. Were every one of them to be written, I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. What John is saying is there's tons of stuff that Jesus did that didn't get written down. In fact, he's saying there's tons of stuff Jesus did that I, 
John didn't write down. John has a specific purpose for picking the things he did write down and the things he didn't write down. And the account of Jesus walking on water was significant enough for him to include, even though he didn't give all the details that Matthew and Mark did. But I'd invite you to go read these three accounts, study them for yourselves, and see how it's not terribly difficult to imagine these accounts being complementary to one another. The same story told accurately, but from three different perspectives. And the reason I'm spending time on this is because we can't allow people who claim to be Christian, who claim to be Bible scholars, throw out easy and lazy accusations about Scripture not being inerrant without us, those who believe in biblical inerrancy, standing up to defend Scripture against these deceptions. Let's look at John 6, 16 through 21. When evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat, and started across the sea to Capernaum. It was now dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. The sea became rough because a strong wind was blowing. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and coming near the boat, and they were frightened. But he said to them, It is I. Do not be afraid. Then they were glad to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat was at the land to which they were going. Interestingly, this is a detail at the very end that's not included in Matthew or Luke, that once Jesus got in the boat, they were immediately on shore. Pretty cool kind of like beam me up Scotty. And by the way, don't think for a second that that's not possible. This is the creator of the universe. This is the one who had healed the lame, who just got done feeding 5,000, who would rise from the dead, plus gobs of other miracles that are in scripture and even ones that aren't. Here's how I look at it. If there's one miracle that's believable, just one supernatural thing that ever happened, then everything else is possible. I don't have trouble believing that he turned five loaves and two fish into a meal for 5,000 or 20,000 people. I don't have a problem believing that he walked on water. I don't have a problem believing that the storm got calm as soon as he got in the boat. And I don't have a problem believing that the boat got there immediately once he got in it. When it comes to interpreting and believing in the Bible, when in doubt, err on the side of inerrancy. Err on the side of believing that the Bible is completely reliable and completely true. You're never going to get in trouble that way. You're not going to find yourself in a spiritually precarious position if you take that approach. If you take the approach that the amateur exegete takes, which is sadly the approach taken by many contemporary so-called Christians and denominations and seminaries and pastors and ministry leaders, you could find yourself in a very precarious position spiritually when it's all said and done. By the way, one of the reasons I think John's account is so short in particular is because it seems to be just a brief transition between the feeding of the 5,000 and more teaching that he's going to do to the people regarding the bread of life, which ties back to the feeding of the 5,000 with bread and illuminates Jesus' role as the bread of life. Come back for more on that next time. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great day. This is The Daily Dose, a podcast of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry. Please subscribe on Apple, Google, or Spotify Podcasts or download the free Christian Crusaders app and share with a friend. Also, prayerfully consider supporting our ministry at christiancrusaders.org where you can find our weekly 30-minute radio broadcast airing on stations around the world since 1936 and where you can listen to our conversations podcast featuring inspiring interviews with interesting Christians. Special thanks to our 2022 Daily Dose sponsor, The Family Leader. God designed three social institutions, the family, the church, and government. At The Family Leader, they are bringing all three together, honoring God and blessing our neighbors. Learn how and join them at thefamilyleader.com. We also want to highlight another special ministry partner, the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Check out conference videos and schedule of events online at cedarfallsbibleconference.com and mark your calendars for Saturday, July 29th through Saturday, August 5th, 2023 for the 102nd annual Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Thank you for listening and may God richly bless you.